I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What truth? You say you that you are a slave, Neo. Trying to understand this! 20-year-olds fall in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters, which they should do more often. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. It doesn't matter who we are. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this, there is no turning back. Are we clear? Crystal. Way back in the early days of Third Degree Mind, I shared with you a piece of a commencement address that I heard from a guy by the name of Admiral McRaven. And in the piece that I shared with you, he talked about uh, the importance of making your bed. If you've been listening to Third Degree Mind for a while, or if if you're a new listener but you've backtracked and you started from the beginning and you listened to those old episodes from early 2018, you might recall uh, that we talked about that a little bit, the importance of of starting your day off on the right foot by making your bed. And for whatever reason, I, I kind of I like commencement addresses because they are uh, the good ones are somehow motivational and especially when you get a powerful speaker. Sometimes they're a little bit on the cheesy or ridiculous side. But a lot of times there's some good lessons of motivation in there in these uh, commencement speeches as people are graduating college and now going out into the world. And these are kind of last pieces of wisdom from that college that we're trying to instill in someone's mind before they leave the liberal arts world and they enter the real world. So like I said, some of these commencement speeches are are very very good and when they are good I I tend to like them and I, I have another one that I'd like to share with you that you you probably heard at some point if you sit around on Facebook and you scroll you might have seen this one because it's it's gone viral for sure this is from uh, I think it's 2017 at uh, Ca- California uh, Mar- California Maritime institution and the commencement address is by uh, a guy by the name of Rick Rigsby who is a he was a professor at Texas A&M he's uh, um, I guess now you'd call him just a, a motivational speaker he was a he was a, a pastor minister and while he was at A&M he was a, a uh, like a chaplain and a, and a life coach for the uh, for the Aggies football team, and now he travels the world giving uh, 
giving talks to all kinds of different groups of people that include, you know, Fortune 500 companies. He goes to these types of business conferences and gives speeches on leadership and how to have an impact. And this particular one that I'm going to share with you, I I really like. And like I said, he's a very energetic speaker. He's an engaging speaker. And I, I shared this on the, uh, on the Third Degree Mind Facebook page. Uh, I think it was last week, maybe the week before. <clears throat> so you you may have uh, already seen this, but I, I want to play it for you now, especially for those that maybe haven't heard this before. It's about 10 minutes long. The wisest person I ever met in my life, a third grade dropout. Wisest and dropout in the same sentence is rather oxymoronic, like jumbo shrimp. Mm-hmm. Like fun run, ain't nothing fun about it. Like Microsoft works, y'all don't hear me. I used to say like country music, but I've lived in Texas so long. I, I love country music now. I, back, yeah. I hunt, I fish, I have cowboy boots and cowboy, y'all I'm a black neck redneck. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? No longer oxymoronic for me to say country music. And it's not oxymoronic for me to say third grade and dropout. That third grade dropout, the wisest person I ever met in my life, who taught me to combine knowledge and wisdom to make an impact, was my father. A simple cook. Wisest man I ever met in my life. Just a simple cook. Left school in the third grade to help out on the family farm, but just because he left school doesn't mean his education stopped. Mark Twain once said, I've never allowed my schooling to get in the way of my education. My father taught himself how to read, taught himself how to write, decided in the midst of Jim Crowism, as America was breathing the last gasp of the Civil War, my father decided he was gonna stand and be a man. Not a black man, not a brown man, not a white man, but a man. He literally challenged himself to be the best that he could all the days of his life. I have four degrees. My brother is a judge. We're not the smartest ones in our family. It's a third grade dropout daddy. Uh, a third grade dropout daddy who was quoting Michelangelo, saying to us, boys, I won't have a problem if you aim high and miss, but I'm gonna have a real issue if you aim low and hit. Uh, a country mother quoting Henry Ford, saying if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. I learned that from a third grade drop, simple lessons. Lessons like these, son, you'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. We never knew what time it was at my house because the clocks were always ahead. My mother said for nearly 30 years, my father left the house at 3.45 in the morning. One day she asked him, why daddy? He said, maybe one of my boys will catch me in the act of excellence. I want to share two things with you. Aristotle said, you are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Don't ever forget that. I know you're tough, but always remember to be kind. Always, don't ever forget that. Never embarrass mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. If daddy ain't happy, don't nobody care. But you know, I tell you. Next lesson. Lesson from a cook over there in the galley. Son, make sure your servant's towel is bigger than your ego. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Y'all might have a relative in mind you want to send that to. Let me say it again. 
Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Pride is the burden of a foolish person. John Wooden coached basketball at UCLA for a living, but his calling was to impact people. And with all those national championships, guess what he was found doing in the middle of the week? Going into the cupboard, grabbing a broom, and sweeping his own gym floor. You want to make an impact? Find your broom. Every day of your life, you find your broom. You grow your influence that way. That way you're attracting people so that you can impact them. Final lesson. Son, if you're going to do a job, do it right. I've always been told how average I can be. Always been criticized about being average. But I want to tell you something. I stand here before you, before all of these people, not listening to those words, but telling myself every single day to shoot for the stars, to be the best that I can be. Good enough isn't good enough if it can be better. And better isn't good enough if it can be best. Let me close with a very personal story that I think will bring all this into focus. Wisdom will come to you in the unlikeliest of sources, a lot of times through failure. When you hit rock bottom, remember this. While you're struggling, rock bottom can also be a great foundation on which to build and on which to grow. I'm not worried that you'll be successful. I'm worried that you won't fail from time to time. Person that gets up off the canvas and keeps growing that's the person that will continue to grow their influence. Back in the 70s, to help me make this point, let me introduce you to someone. I met the finest woman I'd ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, we would have called her a brick house. This woman was the finest woman I'd ever seen in my life. There's just one little problem. Back then, ladies didn't like big old linemen. The blind side hadn't come out yet. <laughs> they, they like quarterbacks and running backs. We're at this dance, and I find out her name is Trina Williams from Lompoc, California. And, and we were all dancing, and we're, we're just, just excited. And I decide in the middle of dancing with her that I would ask her for her phone number. She, Trina was the first one. Trina was the only woman in college who gave me her real telephone number. The next day, we walked to Basket and Robin's ice cream parlor. My friends couldn't believe it. This has been 40 years ago, and my friends still can't believe it. We go on a second date, and a third date, and a fourth date. Mm-hmm. We drive from Chico to Vallejo so that she could meet my parents. My father meets her, my daddy, my hero. He meets her, pulls me to the side and says, is she psycho? But anyway. We go together for a year, two years, three years, four years. By now, Trina's a senior in college. I'm still a freshman, but I'm working some things out. I'm so glad I graduated in four terms. Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan. So now it's, it's, it's time to propose. So I talk to her girlfriends and it's California. It's in the 70s, so it has to be outside. You have to have a candle and you have to have, you know, some chocolate. Listen, I'm from the hood. I had a bottle of Boone's Farm wine. That's what I had. She said yes. That was the key. I married the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. Y'all ever been to a wedding? And even before the wedding starts, you hear this. How in the world? and it was coming from my side of the family.
We get married, we have a few children, our lives are great. One day, Trina finds a lump in her left breast. Breast cancer. Six years after that diagnosis, me and my two little boys walked up to mommy's casket. And for two years, my heart didn't beat. If it wasn't for my faith in God, I, I wouldn't be standing here today. If it wasn't for those two little boys, there would have been no reason for which to go on. I was completely lost. That was rock bottom. You know what sustained me? The wisdom of a third grade dropout. The wisdom of a simple cook. We're at the casket. I'd never seen my dad cry. But this time I saw my dad cry. That was his daughter. Trina was his daughter, not his daughter-in-law. And I'm right behind my father about to see her for the last time on this earth. And my father shared three words with me that changed my life right there at the casket. It would be the last lesson he would ever teach me. He said, son, just stand. You keep standing. You keep standing, no matter how rough the sea, you keep standing. And I'm not talking about just water. You keep standing. No matter what you don't give up. And as clearly as I'm talking to you today, these were some of her last words to me. She looked me in the eye and she said, it doesn't matter to me any longer how long I live. What matters to me most is how I live. I ask y'all one question, a question that I was asked all my life by a third grade dropout. How you living? How you living? Every day ask yourself that question, how you living? Here's, here's what a cook would suggest you to live this way. That you would not judge, that you would show up early, that you'd be kind, that you'd make sure that that servant's towel is huge and used. That if you're gonna do something, you do it the right way. That, that, that cook would tell you this, that it's never wrong to do the right thing. That how you do anything is how you do everything. And in that way, you will grow your influence to make an impact. In that way, you will honor all those who have gone before you, who have invested in you. Look in those unlikeliest places for wisdom. Enhance your life every day by seeking that wisdom and asking yourself every night, how am I living? May God richly bless y'all. Thank you for having me. The guy speaks from the heart, and he uses personal anecdotes, his own experiences, and he makes some really strong points, and I love it. I love it. It's just, it's awesome. I've listened to that many, many times. I know the full 10-minute speech that he gives. You can actually on YouTube find uh, find his whole commencement address, which is, I think it's about a half an hour. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's just a piece of it. But the guy is truly an amazing speaker. I love it, so I wanted to share it with you. And I hope uh, I hope that was uh, beneficial for you to listen to as well. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Jay of Third Degree Mind Podcast. 
If you're a regular listener of Third Degree Mind, I hope you found an easy way to download and stream all of the latest content. There are a bunch of ways that you can do that and make sure that you're always getting up-to-date notifications when we release a new episode. I want to make sure that you found one of those so that you're always able to listen to Third Degree Mind on demand and that we don't lose touch. The majority of our audience gets Third Degree Mind from CastBox. You can go to castbox.fm on the web or download the CastBox app using your Android or Apple device and then search for Third Degree Mind. And don't forget to click subscribe. Another option is if you have an Apple device like an iPhone, Third Degree Mind is available for free in the Apple iTunes store. Just search Third Degree Mind and click subscribe. Third Degree Mind is produced on Podbean, so you can always find all the available episodes there at thirddegreemind.podbean.com. And of course, you can subscribe there as well. Podbean also has mobile apps for your Android or Apple device to make it even easier to find all of our content and subscribe so that you'll always get up-to-date notifications when new content is released. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. About a week ago, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about uh, what I talked about on the program a little while ago. When you are stressed in life and you kind of need to push that reset button and you need to escape your reality, I guess. And uh, she was talking about how how she just doesn't know. She, wa- she was looking for ideas for how you can do that, how you can get out of your routine type of thing. And well, what I had done is when I have issues like that, I tend to just run away from Las Vegas and I go on a, a short two or three day trip somewhere. And, of course, that's what I talked about on, on Third Degree Mind. And she was kind of asking if there were any other, if I had any other ideas. And I really didn't, and I, I really didn't think too much about it. I, I didn't really have any other brilliant ideas. And then a few days later, I got a uh, a Facebook message from one of our listeners that kind of said almost exactly the same thing. Uh, so I'm going to read that for you. It says, Jay, I heard one of your episodes a while ago that talked about escaping reality in a way when you are just too stressed to handle life and the norm and the normalcy. Complicated word. Too many syllables for me. Normalcy. I'm wondering if you have any other suggestions for escaping reality when you can't afford that type of vacation. I'm a single parent and I can't just run away from my kids. And even if I could, it's not that easy for me to get time off work. Do you have any other ideas? So I was kind of thinking about that. And my my initial re- reaction is, I, I guess I really don't. Because for me, if I, if I need to escape reality, that's what I need to do is I need to get out of my life for a few days. But of course, a lot of times there's, there's not really a way to do that. So I was kind of at a loss for words. I didn't I didn't have any specific advice. I guess some things that I would suggest that are are simple, simple ways of getting getting out of uh, out of your routine. One of the first things that I did think of was something that I talked about 
way back when, when Third Degree Mind was a brand new podcast, probably second or third episode that I put out, I talked about uh, getting a notebook and doing uh, what I like to call therapeutic journaling. And there's all kinds of different things that you can write about to kind of get your thoughts and your stress put out on paper. And this has helped me in a number of ways over the years. Just writing anything down that you're thinking, what is it about your life right now that is stressing you out to to the, the point that you're you're trying to find an escape? After your kids go to bed, when you have 10 minutes free by yourself, just sit down in a quiet, dimly lit room, relax, put some music on, do whatever you do that calms you down a little bit, and just start writing what you're thinking. What is making you anxious? What's giving you anxiety? What's stressing you out? Is it relationships with friends? Is it uh, some type of intimate interest that you have in someone? Is it... uh, stress of being a parent? Is it possibly uh, anger at the other parent that is now gone or or for whatever reason absent from uh, from your current situation, you know? And, and I would sit there during the, the stress moments of my life and I would write page after page after page, sometimes completely incoherent thoughts and they were just words that would come into my mind. But Sitting there in that quiet room with uh, with some music, with turning my phone off, not, not paying attention to anything except me and my thoughts, just doing that for, if I, if I would tell myself I'm going to do this for 10 minutes and I'd sit there, not look at the clock, not look at my phone, you know, phone's off, off to the side, not, I'm not worried about that, I'm just sitting there writing, all of a sudden I'd have five, six pages in a notebook full of stuff and like I said a lot of times that would be completely incoherent I couldn't even go back and read what I wrote because there's just you know there's it whatever I wrote makes just absolutely no sense but that's not the point it's it's a point of it's a point of venting and getting things out you know when people talk about venting we talk about going to a friend and just unloading all of our concerns on that on that person and just talking and having that person listen and sometimes that can be a great thing but that can also be really draining for that other person and sometimes you might not be the type of person that really wants to go vent to another person you don't want to come off as someone that's just complaining but you know at times we all have those moments of stress that we have to get we have to get those thoughts out of us some way somehow and I think that's a, that's certainly an idea. Another idea I have is is actually what what caused me to start thinking about creating third degree mind uh, in the very beginning. You know, this podcast has been around for about a year now. Matter of fact, the first episode that I put out when I first created third degree mind was on February eleventh of two thousand and eighteen, and. Today is February 10th, so by the time you're listening to this, we're probably at our one-year anniversary. And the reason that I first started thinking about doing a podcast, uh, actually back in 2017, maybe even earlier than that, was because when I would sit there and write, I would find myself uh, talking aloud at the same time. I'd have one conversation on paper that I was writing out, and then I'd have another conversation verbally, almost just with myself, 
speaking what I'm thinking. And that's one of the things that first sparked my interest in creating a podcast. And I even said in the past when I first started creating Third Degree Mind, I didn't even really particularly care if anyone listened to it because it was somehow therapeutic for me to sit down in a quiet room by myself with a microphone and just talk. You know, it didn't really matter to me how relevant whatever I was saying, it didn't matter to me how relevant that was to anyone else because I was doing it for myself. And I'm still kind of that way. You know, we've got we've gotten a lot of listeners over the last year, which I'm very very happy about, but that that was never really my goal. Listening audience has always been kind of a secondary goal for me. That my main goal was always this is something that helps me process my thoughts and my emotions if I if I sit down and I just record myself talking. And that's essentially how third degree mind began. If you if you haven't listened to the first very first episode put out, I said my story a new podcast. It's a little bit different than what I turned the podcast into over the last year because the original intent, like I said, that first episode is titled My Story. That first episode is really just me telling the story of where I am today and how I got here in in an hour or however long that, that episode is. And then over time, it kind of developed and Sure, I still tell stories. I actually tell a lot of stories and experiences of mine, but but it's it's grown over time. So as a suggestion for you, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you 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 publish your your self speaking if you don't feel like doing a, a podcast type thing. Obviously that's your that's your decision. A lot of people might not be comfortable with that idea or the idea of someone else listening into what they have to say. But it might be good for you personally and internally to just get those thoughts out there. Essentially pretend you're venting to someone. Pretend you're quote-unquote complaining. Except there's, there might not actually be anyone listening except for you. And that, and that, could, be, that could be powerful. That, there could be therapeutic value in that. Just like with, with writing it down in a journal or a notebook type of thing. You record yourself one day, happy or sad, and then the next day, or whenever you have that emotional shift, you go back and you listen yourself to what you had to say. So if you're having a really great day, you sit down and you spend 10 minutes talking into a microphone and making a little audio file of, why do I feel this good today? What happened today? Let me tell this story kind of thing. And then when you find yourself a few days later in, in a dark spot, you go back and you play that one up. Even if you're depressed or having a bad day right now, you go ahead and do the same thing. Record yourself. Explain why you're feeling why you're feeling. A day or two later, you come back and you listen and you see how you respond. You see if... If you can look at it almost from the outside looking in, you know, uh, in, in mental health, we call that idea kind of dissociating. 
you come back and you listen to something that you said a few days prior or a few weeks prior, and you kind of remove yourself from the situation. You just listen as if you were a third person listening, as if this was a friend speaking to you. But it's really just past tense you telling present tense you how you felt. And there's all kinds of ways to do that, you know. Uh, one of the common things that I've seen in, in pop culture and stuff like that that people talk about is, what would you want to go back and tell your past tense self? Your, your, uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm 29 years old. What would I want, what advice would I want to go back in time and tell 15-year-old me or 20-year-old me, 25-year-old me, etc.? Something like that. There's therapeutic benefits to that. Just like if you were to sit down today, I'm 29 years old, what advice or what do I want to tell 35-year-old me or 40-year-old me? And whether you decide to do that in an audio form, recording yourself talking, or you decide to do that uh, by writing it out, writing a letter to yourself, either past or future. And then the same could hold true, which is another thing I've talked about in the past. <clears throat> Excuse me. The same could hold true with whether you want to uh, write a letter or give a speech to someone that impacted your life, maybe even in a negative way. That's something that happens a lot in uh, abuse therapy. Abuse victims are told by a therapist to sit down and let's write a letter calling out the man who raped you. And let's tell him how he impacted your life. And obviously this person, is, this attacker or offender is never going to read that or hear that if you decide to speak it, but that's besides the point. The point is this is therapeutic for yourself. If somebody hurt you and you sit down and you write a letter to that person explaining how they hurt you and how what they did to you impacted your life, And then there's all kinds of different things you could do with it after the fact. You know, when I was when I first got into filling these notebooks with my random thoughts, I'd fill a notebook and uh, and then I'd throw it in a fire when the notebook was full. And that would be a that would be a somehow therapeutic moment for me to watch those go up in flames and and be gone. That's how I get thoughts out of my mind. You know, our mind is like a prison, but we get those thoughts out, and then we throw it on a fire, and it's and it's gone. And then I do it again with a new notebook. There's lots of different ways you can do that, and I don't, I don't know, particularly that that'll achieve the same benefit for you as it does for me. I don't know if it'll achieve the same benefit as my escape. Like, for example, when I went to the Grand Canyon or when I went to Southern California a couple of weeks ago, because I do those types of things. And, and yeah, I'm a single parent, but my daughter goes, uh, goes to her mom's on the weekend, so I have that weekend to uh, do those things f for myself, you know. 
But I get that not everybody is in that same situation. You have to focus on yourself and your your self-growth and your, uh, I guess, self-nurturing and, and finding finding who you are and figuring out what you like and and at the end of the day making making time and setting time aside for yourself. And you know the question was how how do we get out of the routine or how do we escape the routine? Well, on the surface that's actually not a very difficult question to answer because all you have to do is is do something that's outside of your routine. You know, that sounds pretty pretty basic or simple at, uh, like I said, at the surface or from a theoretical standpoint is if my routine is coming home from work and watching TV and passing out on the couch, well, how do I get out of that routine? Easy. I come home from work and I go to the gym and boom, I'm out of my routine. You know, on, on the surface, it, it's, it's actually not difficult to get out of your routine if your routine on Saturdays is you sit home and watch cartoons with the kids all day, how do you escape that routine? Well, easy. You get the kids dressed and you go do something. Go to the park, go to a museum, go to go hiking, go do something outside, you know, because that's another thing that to me, I think that being outside in nature, and everybody's different here, but being outside in nature is one of the most powerful things for me to kind of push that reset button on my life and try to uh, uh, try to get back to a point of emotional stability, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because being out in nature is, you know, it, it leaves me in awe when I go someplace like the Grand Canyon and I stand there. I can sit on the, I can sit on the rim of the Grand Canyon and just stare for hours. But that's me. Maybe, maybe that wouldn't interest you. Another thing with, you know, with nature is, I said Grand Canyon, find a dark spot at night and go sit out and just sit down and look and stare up at the stars and think about how, how huge this universe is and how, how massive it is, how, how insignificant our little planet is in the grand scheme of things, you know, just, and there again too, I can sit under the stars and just stare at them for hours. Stars are something that always get me uh, get me excited. You know, I I have a, I, I know a lot of the constellations. I used to be a little nerd, and uh, I would I, I can sit there under a night sky and point out constellations. Or if there's some that I don't know, or if I can't find as many as I thought I should have been able to find, I I have an app on my phone that'll show me what's currently in the sky, and I'll sit there and find them. And oh look, that's the Andromeda Galaxy. Oh look, that's Saturn. Oh look, that's Sagittarius. You know. And, I, and like I said, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that interests you at all. But there's something that would interest you and would capture your attention. There's there's something out there for everyone that is outside of your normal routine that you can go spend some time doing. And you know, in in the uh, the the listener email that I read. The comment was, you know, I'm a single mom and I can't just get away from my kids. Well, you, you don't have to get away from your kids. You, you can involve your kids in those things. You know, for me, a lot of times when I do those little mini trips, I do it without my kid because my kid is with her mom. 
and that's kind of my escape from reality. But if, if, if that's not your situation and your kid's always with you, or maybe you're maybe you're not a single mom and you're just in a traditional family, a mom, a dad, and, and two kids and a dog, well, load up the car and go do something, you know? There's no need for the escape to involve just you. Because like I said, that that's just me and my situation. That doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. I've taken my daughter out to to look at stars before, and she loves it. And you know what? Seeing my daughter excited about something is also a way to uplift myself. Because when I know I like sitting under the night sky and looking at the stars, and I really want to go do that, but I have my daughter, so I have to take her with, or I don't do it at all, and then I take her with, there's no greater feeling than sitting out there under the night sky, enjoying it myself, and seeing my daughter laying laying down on a blanket or whatever and looking up at the stars and pointing stuff out and hey look I see the moon you know it's it's the little things like that there's no greater feeling in the world than than seeing your kid have a great time doing something that you enjoy doing and then of course as your kids grow up it's it's something that you can do together those are all those are all amazing amazing things don't think of the escape as, well, I need to escape from my kids. Your kids aren't the problem. You know, yeah, parenting is stressful. I get that. My kid drives me insane sometimes. I totally get that. But I know I know in your heart that you love your kids. So I know that it's going to make you happy to see them happy. So include them in stuff like that. Include them in your little escape from reality and your your breaking of the routine type of thing whatever that activity might be for you there's lots of different things out there and there's something out there for everyone you just have to figure out what you like i don't have a lot of time today to go into some of the other topics that i wanted to but i wanted to touch on that and i just have one more thing that i want to play for you but uh, we're going to talk more about this one uh, next time, but I'm, I'm going to play it for you today because I had it ready to go, and I really want to share this with you. So this is a, a, little, a little bit of advice from uh, the actor Will Smith. I was just uh, having a debate with a friend of mine, and we got stuck on the difference between fault and responsibility. She kept talking about how something was somebody's fault, it's somebody's fault, and I was like, it really... No matter whose fault it is that something is broken, if it's your responsibility to fix it. For example, it's, it's not somebody's fault if their father was an abusive alcoholic, but it's for damn sure their responsibility to figure out how they're gonna deal with those traumas and try to make a life out of it. It's not your fault if your partner cheated and ruined your marriage, but it is for damn sure your responsibility to figure out how to take that pain and how to overcome that and build a happy life for yourself. Fault and responsibility do not go together. It sucks, but they don't. When something is somebody's fault, we want them to suffer. We want them punished. We want them to, to pay. We want it to be their responsibility to fix it, but that's, that's not how it works, especially when it's your heart. Your heart your life, your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. As long as we're 
pointing the finger and, and, and stuck in whose fault something is, we're jammed and trapped into victim mode. When you're in victim mode, you are stuck in suffering. The road to power is in taking responsibility. Your heart, your life, your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. And I want to leave you with that today. That idea of fault and responsibility, you know, we, we, it's human nature to blame other people. And like Will says, he says, when someone wrongs us or someone hurts us, we want them to suffer and pay. But that's secondary to whatever happens to you. Yes, this person affected you. That's their fault. But it's now your responsibility to figure out how you're going to grow from it, learn from it. And still make yourself happy in spite of that. You can't walk around the world with a chip on your shoulder because someone wronged you 15 years ago. You're never going to be happy. You're going you're gonna to ultimately get in the way of your own happiness. So I wanted to leave you with that uh, this week. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of those concepts uh, next time. But like I said, I'm kind of up against the clock today. So... We're going to call it right there. Thanks for listening to Third Degree Mind. I appreciate each and every one of you for uh, downloading and listening to to these episodes. Uh, If you haven't found us on Facebook, look us up on Facebook, Third Degree Mind. Give us a like or follow there. Anything that gets posted on there, feel free to share. It's something like 25% of our listening audience, or actually I think it's even less than that. It's been a little while since I've looked, but it's... A small portion of you guys are actually on the Facebook page, so I would greatly appreciate uh, if you use Facebook to to jump on there, give us a like or a follow, because that's that's going to help us uh, help Third Degree Mind continue continue to grow, and that's that's what I'm looking to do. So, once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of our community. Tomorrow, February 11th, is uh, the one year anniversary of Third Degree Mind. Uh, and it's it's been a great year, and we're going to keep this going, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. I'll give you one night only for your eyes only. Oh. in the sky, you can't control it. There's a magic in my eyes, and I can't stop it.
Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., You can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.